You're about to hear from a groundbreaking fashion business that is reducing waste massively, that's creating a tribe of loyal, hugely loyal customers who just keep buying and who are doing good for the planet, being sustainable, as well as really looking after their suppliers too. It's a really, really cool story. Very, very inspirational. So do not hit that pause button. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. Last year, the UK government asked me to host the e-commerce episodes of their Dubai 2020 podcast, a huge honour which introduced me to some amazing people in the e-commerce space. And Dubai 2020 being the UK's part of the world kind of global expo that was happening in Dubai in 2021, but was supposed to be in 2020, hence the weird naming. You, you get what I'm on about. It's another pandemic thing. But it was an amazing experience. And I got to chat to some really inspirational people, some of whom were perfect guests for this podcast. So that's who we're speaking to today. One of the people I met courtesy of the UK government. And it's a phenomenal story. I think how he's structuring his business is a model we can all take a huge amount of inspiration from. They're delighting their customers and growing a passionate community and they're financially successful. They're cutting waste at every stage of the fashion business cycle, from cloth to manufacture to delivery to returns and disposal. They're creating positive impacts for their workers and the children near their factories and they're re-educating the consumer to buy better too, which you probably all know by now is something I'm a little bit passionate about. So in today's episode, we're exploring all of this. So get ready to be inspired and hear lots of tips that you can implement in your business too, as soon as we've heard from our sponsors. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Callie Russell is a Forbes 30 under 30, a Draper's 30 under 30, and has been on Dragon's Den. That's the UK Shark Tank. Since 2013, Callie has been changing the fashion industry. And since 2020, that change has been highly focused on using data to remove waste and change lives. His current project is This Is Unfolded, a fashion brand doing amazing things on many fronts. And I'm going to let Callie explain all about it in a moment. Hello, Callie. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really pleased to have you here on the show because I know you're going to inspire a lot of our listeners, or I hope you well, are. 
Well, I, well, I hope so. I, I like that introduction, but what it did make me go is that make me realize I did quite a lot of stuff before I was thirty. I'm no <laughs> like I'm no longer under thirty. I'm now thirty-four. So I was sitting there going, like, I need to get my finger out in my thirties now. So I was like, is it thirty-five under thirty-five, forty under forty? Yeah, a lot of work. A lot of work needs to be done, basically. I think you're doing quite a lot now. You're in your thirties, to be fair. But but everyone else can be the judge of that when we go through what you are actually up to in a moment. Um, what led you to create This Is Unfolded? So, yeah, This Is Unfolded is a, a kind of a quite a long journey and quite a kind of complicated journey in some aspects, but then also very, very simple at the same time. So first things first, you know, This Is Unfolded is us trying to remove waste from the fashion industry using data community and doing really nice things about it and, and explain that in a bit more depth in a second. But we got here because we realised the scale and size of this problem which is that when it comes to fashion sales, when it comes to kind of physical fashion products, the wastage rates are absolutely massive. Around 30% of products that are produced are never actually sold. In an industry that creates billions of products every single year, that is a huge amount of resource that is used that is entirely wasted. So what I'm talking about resource, I'm talking about energy, I'm talking about kind of produce, I'm talking about human capital, producing products that actually don't go anywhere. And in a lot of cases, end up being sent directly to landfill. When you think about that scale of the problem, you know, it's quite easy to get to a place of going, God, how do we fix that? There must be a better way. And really, that's what myself and, and the rest of our team have spent years doing, which is saying, how do we remove that waste from this sector? We tried for, for many years to, to do that by partnering with big organizations and helping them get smarter with data and bringing data that we created to them to help them say, do you know what, don't make that or make more of this product or do you know what, target this product to this customer to get that better sell through and remove that 30%. And some companies we, we worked with, you know, some really great, I mean like big multi-billion pound companies got some of that change and, and kind of put that into place. But what we found was that the speed of change was just really, really slow. And actually, most of these companies didn't actually want to change. The model works for them. The model is profitable for them. And trying to reinvent all of that is very, very difficult. So the pandemic kind of totally changed our world. We, we made this uh, initiative called Lost Stock, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But what it did was is it showed us that there's a different way of doing this, which is what this is unfolded is about, which is us actually saying, we know how to create all of this data. We know how to kind of create these systems. We know how to create products in this different way. So why don't we just go and do it ourselves? And that's what this has unfolded is about, is us basically creating a new model of retail that doesn't produce that 30, 40% of the waste, produces something that consumers will love because they've designed it, they've created it, produces something that doesn't create that overstock and that sort of position, so it's better for the environment, and produces something that is just so much more efficient that it frees up lots of margin. And by freeing up lots of margin, we then say, well, let's invest in better uh, kind of better wages for, the, for garment workers, let's invest in positive impact. And what we've been doing on that front so far is that the clothes that we sell through this has unfolded, they help to fund children in education around factories where we produce our clothes. So when we did in 2021, we did three trials of this. At the end of those three trials, we ended up supporting over 1,600 kids 
in education for about 12 months each just by selling people clothes in a different way and not charging them any more for that but you had this much better outcome coming out the other side it almost sounds too good to be true, Callie, but um, but as someone who's kind of spent most of this morning going through your numbers and, and is a customer herself, I don't think it is too good to be true at all. And I can't wait to see, you know, now you've, you've got out of that kind of 2021 test phase where you were still mm-hmm. able to help 1,600 people, what it's going to be able to, to achieve in the coming year, given you achieved so much last year. So give us no pressure, that, Chloe. No, no, no pressure at no all. No pressure at all. Just lay it on. Sorry, well, you did that. Come on, what's the numbers going to look like for this year? Yeah, yeah. give me the predictions. No, um, t- from the tell us from the kind of the customer's perspective, how do they experience one of your collections? Because I think that's probably the best mm. way to to explain it to the audience. So they get, you know, so, how it practically works. So a big thing in my view is that the vast majority of brands, retailers, or any e-commerce company doesn't actually know what the customer wants, okay? And all that most companies are doing is some form of spread betting. So when you see a retailer releasing 100 new products every Friday, that isn't success to me. That is a company that doesn't know what the customer actually wants and is just trying to cover their bases, trying to find the products that are going to work really well, and then they'll double down in them. But it just makes all this inefficiency. It makes that stock that isn't sold so much more work. So what we've done with our model is that said, well, we're only going to sell for limited periods of time. Okay. So we're only going to put up clothes for a set period. And the clothes that we put up there is we're not going to design a hundred products. We're not going to create a hundred products. What we're going to do is we're going to create products that we know the customer is going to love. And the way to do that is to involve the customer in the process, not be afraid of the customer, not being afraid of engaging with the customer, but actually let her set the direction of the product that we are creating. So we do that through basically a a lot of kind of feedback from the customers. For example, the last collection, over a thousand women helped us design the collection. And that's a 15 piece collection. They picked the prints, they picked the shapes, they did all these sorts of different elements to allow us to create that collection. We then put it on sale for a limited period of time. By that point, we still haven't produced it because this helps us reduce the waste again. So when customers ordered, the product hasn't actually been produced. After we've started taking order, we then start production and then you get your delivery to you in about four to six weeks after that process. By doing it in that way, we know there is a trade-off and you know every e-com person listening to this will be like, customers won't wait, you know what? People want next day deliveries. And I'm like, yes, if you are selling a product that is a functional product or is a transactional product, speed is of the most importance. But we're not selling that. We're selling a product that is more about the experience, about being involved in something and about changing something and helping design it. You know, all of these sorts of different elements allow us to create a much, much more powerful offering for the people that come along with us. You know, I always kind of say to this that, you know what, yes, we, we sell people clothes and we sell great quality dresses at great prices. You know, one of our dresses will cost like, you know, 35 pounds uh, up to kind of 42 for something that would cost you about 50% more on the high street. But what you're also buying into is you're buying into change. Like, you know, you, you've you accepted that it'll take longer to get something, but by doing that, you ensure that there isn't that overstock. But also what you get to ensure is that you make a positive impact in the world with your purchase and you get to be part of that community and all these same sorts of different elements. And we I- really have looked at every element of it and, you know, kind of said, how do we, how do we build this into a much better model? 
It's kind of two things that, that, that spin off that for me. One is, is to point out, have it as someone who's been through the process of, you know, picking clothes, waiting for clothes and the, the, the amazing communications your team are sending out. Cause it's not like mm-hmm. you place your order and then eight weeks later you get, it's been dispatched. There's a whole load of stuff to keep you in the loop and to educate, I think the consumer mm. of what's going on and why it's being done this way, which is the other thing I wanted to bring up because it's one of the things I believe, you know, one of the reasons we changed the direction of this podcast is because I believe that those of us in the e-commerce world, especially e-commerce marketers, we have a a responsibility to change consumer buying habits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that you're doing by bringing the customer on the journey. They're not every, in the next five years, not every brand is going to be able to move to the model that you're presenting, but you're presenting a really great model, which gets customers thinking about the good they can do with their purchases mm-hmm. and what that practically means as well as just, oh, we'll plant a tree here and a tree there, if that makes sense. So has yeah, that been important yeah. to you from the very beginning? Oh, hugely, hugely, hugely. And, you know, a big part of what we we're thinking about and how we we're approaching this out is how do, you, how do you educate and how do you take the customer on that journey with you? And it's kind of saying to that customer is that there is so much more to this and making that the same sort of experience. So if you think that, you know, in a standard e-com brand that's doing a next day delivery, you're going to get your order confirmed, order dispatched, order with courier delivered, that's it sort of piece. And it's like, you don't really learn anything in that process, which is fine if you're buying, you know, a set of headphones or, you know, what you're restocking something in the kitchen. But when you're buying a garment or you're buying something that can have a story, that's much more powerful. So we update you all the way through the stages of that being produced. And we teach you about how that item is produced. So, you know, whether it's like the resting period for fabric, for cutting, all these same sorts of things. And we share as much as we possibly can. You know, I want us to share more and and highlight more of what we're doing, you know, but one of the things I still love is like, we, we put up the video of like all of the stuff leaving the factory in India on like the lorry to go to pick and pack. And it's like one of the most exciting points in all of the process. You know, when we stick that up on our, in our kind of private Facebook channel, you've like, it gets, the the engagement is amazing because it's like, that's your product. Like you, you are invested in that item and taking that on the journey. I cannot stress to you enough the way that I really believe that, that, that to make change in society, we need to do it all together. Like we need to build communities around this. But most importantly, that kind of comes through from that is as well, is we need to make it accessible as well. The thing that I kind of, you know, kind of rally against quite a lot, and, you know, we touched, you touched on it there a little bit, was like, you know, planting a tree or doing this or X, Y, and Z, is all of these things need to be accessible to the modern day consumer. So when we kind of create garments and we go through for it, pricing is a huge part of what we do, which is that we will not, we will price cheaper or in line with the same quality on the high street because we know that it needs to be accessible to everyone that kind of comes through from that. Like there shouldn't be a premium on sustainability. uh, And the way that you remove that premium is you have to look at the model and that's what we've spent the last 12 months doing. How do we make that model better and more efficient? And I, I guess the, the truth is in the numbers that the customers are loving this as well, as well as the fact they're responding really well in your community. I was just looking at the the stats of the impact of collection two, and mm. 37.25% of the customers were repeat customers only mm. a couple of months after collection one, which is a number most e-commerce businesses would like to have over 12 months, not just over kind of three. So they're, they're mm. really eager for this, aren't they? 
Well, but that's the thing because it's we're not we're a community. We're doing something. We're making a change. We're working together. We're kind of involved through from that, and that's what's going to allow us to hopefully scale this. And that's our kind of vision is that we want to scale this into an alternative. You know, you said there we're not going to make it. Not everyone's going to move to our model, or you know, all these same sort of pieces to through from it because it's not it's not practical for everyone to do it. But if we can look at the the kind of the female short consumer, that's who you know we target a very specific customer group just now. And we believe that she shops about six to eight times a year in terms of fashion purchases. I'm not trying to get every one of those purchases to come to me. I'm trying to get two or three. And it's trying to be like, you know what? You have to wait for longer for this. There is a trade-off, but this is all the positives. And, you know, we actively kind of, you know, am I, am I allowed to swear here, Chloe? Is that no, is that no swearing? All right, okay. So we take the <laughs> we take the mech out of the fact that it takes longer. Do you know what I mean? And you just own it. Like, there's no point of hiding behind it. There's no point of pretending. It's like, do you know what? That is what it is. And we've got to kind of laugh about it because if we don't, then that comes out the same. See, I'd like to point out as well, it's, it's, I'm a Scottish guy and I've just checked whether I was allowed to swear instead of just swearing. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'd, like, I'd like that in my, I big tech in my podcast guest column. Uh, <laughs> from that. And it's much appreciated too. Um, I want to partly circle back now to, you mentioned lost stock earlier, which yeah. is kind of where all this kind of kind of sowed these seeds because, and you've, you've already mentioned, you know, putting, um, you know, putting the money up to get the kids into education in the areas where you're, you're producing the clothes, but you're also with, um, this is unfolded, making the lives of the suppliers better, the people actually working in the factories. And for me, that that's clearly got a link back to Lost Stock. So can you tell us a little bit about Lost Stock and then about how This Is Unfolded is continuing that kind of mission, I suppose? I, I really love talking about Lost Stock, but it's also, it's just like, whenever I talk about it, it kind of reframes it in my mind that goes, see when the world was going a bit crazy and you had that really small idea that just made your life absolutely mental for 12 months. <laughs> Just always take a wee second to think about it. So, so lost stock was was a response to a problem, uh, and I think you know a lot of the stuff that we do is be like that's a problem. How do we fix it? How do we make it better? How does technology help us? How does you know just thinking different systems, different process? How does that all impact that piece out? But with lost stock, we saw basically brands and retailers cancelling orders, and it was a huge problem because of COVID, because of stores closed, they would cancel orders with no payment. And me and my team, we were reading all these stories and, you know, reading these stories. And there was one that stood out on the BBC News website. And there was a garment factory owner who said the line, if coronavirus doesn't kill my workers, then starvation will. And I remember reading that kind of going, this is just horrible. Like, this is a really awful situation. What could we do? And we came up with this idea, which was all these clothes have been made for these big retailers. They've now been cancelled because of COVID and because of the clauses in the contracts. What if we could sell those clothes to consumers directly from the factories? So we spent a couple of days playing about with ideas. And then we came up with this idea, which was we would sell those clothes as a mystery packet to consumers directly from these factories and just remove the tags. So our idea was that basically, and we ended up focusing on Bangladesh as one of the regions that was most hardest hit and there was the least support. It was most, as their economy is most, I think their economy is the highest linked to garment industry out of any sort of countries like that. So we're like, let's do something there. So the idea was people would come along, they would buy a packet of clothes and it would be like £35, which is like half what the clothes would cost on the high street price. With that packet of clothes, we would then fund buying the items directly from the factory. 
so that they kind of recover their costs and against it. We would then also support garment workers through like an NGO. So we partner with an organization called the Sajida Foundation. And the idea being every packet would support a garment worker uh, for a garment worker and her family for like a week uh, and kind of replace a wage that, that could have been lost out the other side. The consumer gets great value clothes. This happens here. And the deal was when you bought, you would tell us your size, your gender, your location, your age, and what sort of colors you liked. And we would try to match you up against all these clothes that had been canceled. And there was meant to be, there was something like $2 billion worth of clothes was canceled in this way. So we were like, okay, there's there's lots of stuff out there. Let's, let's go and see what we can do. So at the time I was at home in the Scottish Highlands. So I normally live in Edinburgh, but the COVID was coming along. So I was like, I'm getting out of the city. I live by myself. <laughs> I went back to my mom and dad's house in the middle of nowhere in the Scottish Highlands. So I want to describe, a reason why I'm describing that is because I want to stress the internet connection was very <laughs> and 10 meg per day. Okay, right? And when I say the middle of nowhere, there's literally nothing to do apart from beautiful views. So they live up on a hill overlooking a lock. Like you can see no houses from their house and it is, it's absolutely gorgeous. There's, the local shop stays open till 12 o'clock, okay, right? And then at, if, it, if you don't make it before 12, you're about an hour round trip to go to a store. Okay, right? Like this is what we're talking about in terms of level of remoteness. A brilliant place to be during a pandemic, not a great place to be launching a crazy uh, fashion idea. <laughs> Yes, like you know, great on one hand, not so great on another hand. Lots of space, but you know, how do you kind of get that piece through? So we put this together and we put it out there. And our target was to sell like ten thousand of these boxes. Really, like, if we could sell ten thousand of these boxes, it would be huge. We'd help ten thousand families, and you know what? It would be something really, really powerful. And we sold ten thousand in four days, I think. Mm. And in the end, we sold one hundred and twenty thousands of these packets supporting uh, 113,000 people uh, for about a month each in Bangladesh through selling these pieces. We ended up selling into 10 different countries uh, and we had to build, well, I'm sorry, it turns out building a global supply chain from scratch in the middle of a pandemic is a little bit difficult. <laughs> uh, I think that's how it's just a little bit tricky. So lots of it went wrong. It took too long. It was very hard to match up people's preferences sometimes against what they want, what we could get our hands on. But in the end, it did this amazing thing. And it was this sort of like taking something entirely from scratch. You know, within seven months, we had done that and delivered everything that kind of came out the other side of it. And it was just huge. And just looking at it kind of going, that is just insane that we were able to do that we were able to put together and so many people supported it and, and did something different to to kind of to try to help people at such a horrible time because it was a horrible time it was a horrible time for the planet but it's a horrible time for lots of groups of people and some of them you know ended up being ignored and we, we decided to help one of them yeah such an excellent project such an excellent project and you've taken that looking after the people who are actually making the clothes into this is unfolded as well. So you're not managing to create great products at great prices by screwing over the suppliers, are you? No. And that's that's the whole point. And again, which says there is so many issues with your traditional standard retail model where waste is just baked in. It's just accepted. It's just like that is how it is. It's the old Pareto curve, the, the 80-20 sort of rule. And we just accept it. And, you know, 
for us, building what we're building and creating this has unfolded and, you know, the other projects that are linked to that, we're kind of going, how do we remove the waste? Like, how do you take that out to create a much better system? And if you can create that better system, there will be trade-offs. Our trade-off is, hey, we're only going to design 15 products in a collection. And do you know what? It takes a bit longer to be delivered. But those are trade-offs that are kind of acceptable when you think about the positive incomes, uh, sorry, positive outcomes that come from making those decisions. So you know what, you know, you know, not not overproducing and damaging the planet, looking after garment workers, funding kids' education, all of these elements build something that becomes really, really powerful. And it's all just from taking away the waste and making a better model. E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. My favourite big face-to-face e-commerce event is back. Yes, it's time to get your ticket to IRX. That's the Internet Retailing Expo, which this year is co-located with EDX, the e-delivery expo. And it's all happening at the NEC in Birmingham. That's Birmingham, UK, not Birmingham, Alabama, on the 11th and 12th of May. You can get your free ticket right now at internetretailingexpo.com. And at the event, you're going to have the chance to network with e-commerce professionals to trade stories of how you've all dealt with those challenges of the last two years. You'll get the chance to meet over a hundred suppliers to find the tools you need to grow your business and learn from big name retailers and fast growing brands in the brilliant conference sessions with speakers from Waitrose, ITV, Screwfix, Boohoo, Ocado, Wayfair and an awful lot of others including me. Yes I will be there somewhere too so if you see me please do come over and say hi. Go on. Register today for free at internetretailingexpo.com. I want to tell you about Awesome, spelt O-S-O-M-E. They are the experts in organising your e-commerce business accounts so you don't have to worry about filing company reports or paying taxes on time. Awesome accountants take care of all your finance admin and are on hand to answer your questions. It's really easy to link your online store, bank accounts and payment systems to the Awesome app, which then keeps track of your spending, profits and financial performance in real time, giving you peace of mind and saving you time too. Plus, using the Awesome system will save your business thousands of pounds every year. To get a demo and find out how much time and money Awesome could save you, go to ecmp.info forward slash awesome, fill in your details and hit the let's go button. Make sure you use the link ecmp.info forward slash awesome, that's O-S-O-M-E, as it will automatically add a coupon to save you £110. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Callie, are you ready for the top tips? I am, but I'm going to refuse to give any basically because I'm going to keep them all to myself and use them all up myself. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I, I'd like to point out for everyone that Chloe was looking at me with sheer death stare. She's like, no, you have to do this. You have to do this. Of course I'm ready. Come on, let's yeah, go. Yeah. My faith went kind of dead as I was trying to work out how the hell do I deal with this <laughs> and claim it back and somehow make this work. Okay, Kelly, thank you so much for that. 
Um, it's book top tip time. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So I think this is a really tricky one. I love the idea of taking Friday off to read a book. Uh, but the one that I think I would recommend is Shoe Dog, which is the book by Phil Knight, which I just absolutely love. I love like the stories within it. I love how easy it is to read. Uh, yep. Yeah. I would highly, highly recommend that. There's also another book. I can't remember the name of it, which is really bad, but it's a book about OKRs and I'd highly recommend that as well. It's like Revel, it's read, it's very short. You don't even need to take Friday off. Probably need to take a couple of hours off. And it is basically, it's like a fable about the use of OKRs in business, which is kind of a, a system. I would highly recommend that as well. All right. Everyone listening, we will find out what this mystery book about OKRs is. Um, whilst we're hunting for that, which we'll put in the show notes for you later. Um, Callie, what does OKRs mean? Uh, basically, objective and key result. I can tell you now because I've got Google in front of me. Oh. The book is called uh, Radical Focus and it's called by it's by Christine Wodtek. Uh, basically, OKRs are objectives and key results, which are all basically focused around the idea of what you should measure in business and how you achieve positive outcomes. It's a really great way to set up systems. I highly, highly recommend it. And that book is a really good, simple way to just understand the concept. It's £11.75 on Amazon.co.uk, but there is other bookstores available. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I love how quiet your keyboard was there for that Googling. A lot quieter than mine. Uh, okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, so I've gone probably deeper on this one than, than, I, than I thought I would. I am really, really into just now uh, comparison ads. Uh, so visually showing the difference between your product and other products that are out there. If you think the biggest challenge as a marketer to get someone to purchase from you for the first time is stopping them, getting them to buy you over what they were already buying or the thing that they're used to buying. So actively showing them why your product is better. And I'm assuming everyone's product is better because if your product's not better than your competition, then you're just going to compete on price and it's just going to become horrible very quickly. If your product is better, it's your product is different showing that in the advert i find to be very interesting just now and two quick questions on that one um are you naming and shaming the competitor or are you kind of going a competitor of ours does this yeah it's entirely up to people i'm not a name and shaming type person at this point in time uh, it's up to you how you do that but you can do it without it i think mm -hmm. uh, in a really effective sort of way Cool. And the second question, which platforms are you leveraging that method on? Is this a Facebook ad strategy? Yeah, it's a Facebook ad strategy, isn't it? Let's be honest. Like the Facebook and Instagram ad strategy, that's gonna that's 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 where you're gonna go for that for that sort of funny games. It probably works on TikTok as well, but I still don't think I'm tech I I'm not cool enough yet for TikTok. I've never downloaded it. I, I need to get there, but I'm I'm not I'm not there yet. Uh it kind of comes through. Uh, you've just made me feel cooler because I have downloaded TikTok and I occasionally look at it. Um <laughs> hey, I know well, a lot of in the know, like you're yeah. in the know at that point, yeah. I, I know a lot of strategies, but I leave it to my guests to know more than me about TikTok. Yeah. Um, all right, as us two old people discuss all of that, let's now move on um, to talk about the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, clearly not TikTok, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? 
Uh, tool top tip, I am going to give a big shout out for Notion. Uh, it's a really good system for kind of setting up like a great way to keep notes on everything and kind of structure across teams. Uh, and it means that you can kind of have a really easy overview. I think it could work really well with OKRs because we're just kind of setting it up properly to kind of go again. Uh, if you want a more sales focused tool top tip, I'm a big fan of Zipify's one click upsell. There is other upsell tools out there, uh, but I just find that works really, really well can get really high conversion rate on it and just do some fun and interesting things as well. Nice. We do love a bit of fun and interesting. Um, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Talk to the customer. Talk to the customer. Talk to the customer again and just keep talking to the customers. If you've got 100 people, that 100 people should you know to get up to a thousand they're going to be similar people like you need to understand them you need to understand where they are you need to understand what they why, why did they buy from you why did they buy from you again why did they not buy from you what did they hate about your product you need to get deep with those customers that kind of come through from it i highly highly recommend that and I, yeah like there's loads of different ways to do it but yeah if you're not talking to your customer to do that then you're missing every trick in the book they always have the answers the customers they're really smart. Like they might always be right, but they're definitely really smart. Yeah. Well, look, Callie, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social, please? Uh, yeah, it's thisisunfolded.com. And that's our Instagram handle and our Facebook handle as well. I'm just Callie Russell uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where we all are. So yeah, come and join us. Uh, we'll have a collection on sale when this is out. So please, please, please make sure you come and try some of our clothes, try shopping in a different way uh, and do something a bit positive. Chloe's got some and she thinks they're really, really good. Uh, they are. Uh, there you go. Easy sale. Sorry, it's done. Uh, perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. Thanks, Callie, for being on. It's been a pleasure catching up with you. And um, I know this is going to inspire a lot of our audience. So thank you so much for sparing the time. So a great example of how something to have as your end goal of the ideal, I suppose, of turning a fashion business to the nth degree of sustainability. You know, so they, they're only making products that have already been ordered. They are designing those products with the customers so they know they're definitely going to sell and they know they're going to sell in good volumes. They are working with the suppliers to create the right fabrics, make them in the right way, distribute them in the right way to help the planet, to help all the people involved and to bring profits as well, which then they're feeding back into educating the children around the, the factories and the areas where they're producing goods. A load of good angles. And of course, they're also Re-educating the consumer to think differently about how they're buying. It is probably the most perfect example of how I think we need to all help in this industry get towards this, this view of getting on that path to net zero, getting on that, that journey to sustainability. You can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've been chatting about by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list where we're sharing loads of practical ways that you can make your business more sustainable and educate your customers more thoroughly. 
If you like this episode, if you head to the website, you can click a link and see all our fashion episodes. You'll find it in the footer of the site. So that's a great way if you want to binge our fashion episodes. And thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners just like you to succeed and thrive with their businesses, including progressing along that path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have a great week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-O.